This is Guns and Butter. Then we wake up halfway, okay, halfway, and we say, my God, we're inside a play about a conspiracy. We're living in a theater in which everything is basically controlled and is a conspiracy. This is the theater that we're in. I didn't know I was in that play, and uh, we're halfway awake. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, John Rappaport. Today's show... Use your imagination. John Rappaport has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for over 30 years. He is the author of The Secret Behind Secret Societies and Oklahoma City Bombing, The Suppressed Truth. Today's show is an edited version of a 90-minute presentation at the Secret Space Program and Breakaway Civilization 2014 conference in San Mateo, California. Mind Control, The Secret Space Program, and the secret theater of reality. John Rappaport. So let's put all the lights on. There we go, people. Okay, because I have no slides. I have no information. I have no background. I come from a faraway place. Okay, so um, Edgar Mitchell goes into space. He comes back with other colleagues. They're debriefed at NASA. Very good source tells me they report paranormal experiences in space. Mm, Slightly uncomfortable for federal government, but They've heard this before. Not the first time guys have gone out and come back. I'm not talking about we saw saucers. I'm talking about somebody like Mitchell or one of his colleagues saying, out in space I could look down at Earth and see with my naked eye people walking around. I was told this in 1973 by a physicist of repute. And then NASA said to Mitchell, you know, we, we can't really go public with this, right? I mean, you can understand that, right? But what we might be able to do is get your little seed money so that you could do research on your own, leave NASA, and report back to us, keep us informed on what you find out, because we're interested. We're definitely interested. And again, it's not the first time Stories like this have been told, people coming back. Mm. And all of a sudden, something called the Institute of Noetic Sciences pops up. Ding, ding, ding. Research into the paranormal. The best paranormal uh, reviewer of research in the world, Dean Radin, is now the chief of scientists there at Noetic Sciences. He wrote a book called The Conscious Universe in which he proved, not just speculated, from a comprehensive overall review, extensive review of all of the literature of laboratory paranormal experiments on all manner of tests, 
the balls dropping into slots, telepathic sending of photographs. These are all laboratory experiments, ruling out the badly formed experiments from the good experiments, a major undertaking. And his book, The Conscious Universe, comes to the correct conclusion that overwhelmingly the data show that there is a significant existence of significant existence of the paranormal. That's what the research indicates. Greater than probability, greater than chance, greater than you know all of that. 1993, uh, 94, around the time I was running for Congress in Los Angeles, casually meet a woman from the Soviet Union who is one of their officially certified psychics. And we're having a nice conversation. I mean, they do have these people over there, or they did. And uh, I said, so what do you do there? She said, I talk to the cosmonauts when they come back. Really? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Then she finds out that I'm a reporter and she doesn't want to talk to me at all. I said, can you, you know, give me something, anything. What are they saying, the cosmonauts, right? No, no, can't talk, can't talk, can't talk. Secret, secret, secret. I said, just give me one example of what cosmonauts have said when they come back from space. What happens to them in space? And she says, talking to dead relatives. Really? Yes. I said, so suppose I go out into space. Do I have to talk to my dead relative? <laughs> Especially my Aunt Gert. Because <laughs> she's going to be looking for salami from the Carnegie Deli in New York, no matter where she is, in the cosmos, and she's going to try to get me to find it, right? Uh, out of the gravity well, things happen to people. Leave the gravity field, things tend to happen to people. Not everybody, not all the time. This is a working hypothesis, but it's got some merit, significant merit. Government agencies are interested in this. What happens to people who leave the gravity well? Talked seriously to a guy who worked with one of these low-gravity training chambers, Back and forth. Do people ever have out-of-the-body experiences? Are you kidding? All the time. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What does out-of-the-body experience mean? It means that the person is perceiving some section of reality from outside their body, and they know it. What psychiatrists would call psychotic behavior, for which they want to provide many medications. My boy, we have to stuff you back in. The lockdown of the mind, because the drugs follow. Well, out of the body experience, really? I'm paranoid schizophrenia. Um, Haldol, I think we've got a good drug for you. Well, if we don't like that one, we'll try Risperdal, and if necessary, Thorazine, but you know, it's, that's out in the distance somewhere, because we want to stuff you back in. Well, that's a direct metaphor for going into space. Because I don't care who you are or what you say or what you're willing to admit or not admit, and I'm looking at all of you now so I can actually see you, at one time or another in your life you wanted to go out there. Maybe now, too. 
something happened, and you said, man, that's where I want to go. I think we should all go out there. It's a good idea. It's an adventure. I'm getting a little bored. I don't want to say it or tell anybody, you know, I'm playing around, you know. I want to go out. Let's go. A little thing called Star Trek comes along on television in the 60s, and people go insane all of a sudden, right? The network cancels the show. One fan puts up a letter-writing campaign, massive, and it's back on the air for another little while. And then another little thing called Star Wars comes along, the premiere. One of my closest friends is at the Groundlands Chinese Theater on a weekday at 11 a.m. in the morning at the premiere of Star Wars that occurred with very little, you know, kind of spoiler alerts or anything. The audience is jammed into the theater. She's telling this directly. And she says, as soon as, in a galaxy far, far away, appears on the screen, this gigantic roar goes up from the audience who have never seen the movie, have no idea what it's really about. It's 11 o'clock in the morning on like a Tuesday, and people are going insane. They want to go out there. What is this symptomatic of, you know? More space, new space, different space. The soul wants space, all kinds of space. Just like a painter wants space. A painter gets into his studio and there's a gigantic blank canvas leaning up against the wall. It's like life is beginning again right now. Oh, it's a whole new life. And everybody has had that experience at one time or another. And everybody tends to, you know, forget those experiences. And some people don't want to remember those experiences, right? I'm not like that anymore. Perhaps I was once. But, you know, that's, that's ragged behavior. I'm very organized, and I like this, and that, and that, and this. And never happened. Never felt any joy, really. <laughs> don't know what it means. No thrill, no adventure, no excitement. Organization. Give me organization. I run my entire life through a GPS. When I go to the bathroom, I turn it on, so walk down the hall, take a left, and go in there and sit down. But at one time, even that person, if you, you know, took away the cobwebs, would say, yeah, I was 10 years old. It was the end of the school year. It was the last day of school. I walked to school. It was a gorgeous summer day. And I knew that space and time were unfolding in front of me endlessly. Three months? It wasn't three months. It was three lifetimes of freedom. Space. Space. Not the space of the classroom anymore. Knew what that was all about endured that from September to June, now we're talking about a whole different kind of space. Out of the gravity well, the tendency is to experience paranormal phenomena. That's a working hypothesis. It's reasonable. My opinion, it's way more than reasonable. 1984, 
somebody says to me, interview Ted Clark. He's a hard scientist at JPL Labs. He is a systems administrator uh, on the Jupiter probe. He's a great guy. Okay, this could be an interesting story. I go up to his house in Altadena, and he says, let me show you some books of ancient Athens and Renaissance Italy. He's got photographs. He leads tours there. I said, what is this all about, Ted? He said, I want to show people what a Renaissance looked like because we're in one now. Only we don't know it, apparently. Because we're on the verge of having the kind of technology that can do absolutely fantastic things. I said, for an example, it's a JPL hard scientist. His answer, orbiting hotels. This is 1984. And he says, people go out and they come back. Why do you go on a vacation, right? Basically to relax and for the view. Well, you've got a great view out there. Right? <laughs> You're going to come back and people say, well, how was it? Did you have a good time? Holy mackerel, baby. Let me tell you about what happened. Every 90 minutes, it was a great time. You know? They tell their friends and their friends begin to loosen up and say, gee, Maybe I could, you know, they're building new all the time, and maybe I could get out there and feel it. You know, new space. New space. And he said, you want to know, Clark, you want to know what a real space program would be like? I said, yeah, sure. We go out to the asteroids, we mine the asteroids, we make space platforms with domes, we have 20 space colonies, we shoot them out of the solar system with a gravity assist, and they go with maybe 10,000 people in each colony to rendezvous 10,000 years later at a planet around Barnard's star where we believe there, there's a good chance there could be life and they compare notes on the evolution of their societies. He said, that's a real space program. He said, unfortunately, with elections every few years and you know these idiots in Washington, you're never going to be able to get it off the ground because you need continuous funding for that kind of thing. I said, you're not saying we have the technology to do this, absolutely no. He said, no, but if you know anything about the technology we do have and where it's going, you can see that we're going to get there to the point where we can do this. So now, you know, I'm kind of, can I book, uh, you know? Just want a small room, you know, in the back. Um, new space, new consciousness, new abilities. It's there. It's absolutely there. Part of my work is investigating this area in a certain kind of a way. For example, I interviewed a guy who did extremely well as a volunteer in one of these laboratory paranormal experiences where, you know, here's a sealed room and two miles away or whatever, here's another sealed room and over here they give this guy a, a six pack of photos and they tell him try to telepathically send that photo to a guy over here in the sealed room. And okay, now they unfold the same six pack to this guy and they say, which photograph was sent to you? That one. So I talked to a guy who scored abnormally high on this. And I said, okay, well, here's what I wanna know. How do you do this? How did you do it? He said, well, I'm sure that the way I did it was not the way other people do it because I have a kind of a, you know, idiosyncratic way of doing this. He was a little embarrassed and I said, well, tell me, you know, what do you do? He said, well, 
I imagine a secretary sitting in an office in Omaha, Nebraska. This is the kind of lady who is very sincere, earnest, would never tell a lie. I imagine her, and she tells me which photo was sent to me. I said, really? He said, yeah. That's it, baby. That's how I do it. Imagination. Creative power. These are essentially paranormal, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. This is not the brain doing the chemical, now I am a pain. No. And one of the reasons, not the only one, but one of the reasons that I'm bringing this up is because after all the information you've seen so far and what you will see for the rest of today, naturally the question arises, what can I do about all of this? What can I do? Or what can we do now, now that we've seen all this information? Here's the hard part. Some of you will not like this. My apologies in advance. Talk to my agent. I've got lawyers. They have lawyers. <laughs> We're ready. The question, what can we do or what can I do? has two aspects. It seems to be directed at somebody, like me or one of the other speakers, or, you know, I get emails occasionally. Well, you wrote about this and you wrote about that, and GMO food and psychiatric drugs and they go, I don't know. What can we do? But what I'm really saying is, and this is the little Zen twist, you're really asking yourself the question. That's the heavy part. When you, when you ask somebody else, that's like, you know, shifting the knapsack. Here, what can we do? I'm going to sleep, wake me up when you figure it out. You know. You're a smart guy. You're really smart. You're a smart lady. It's very special, and I know you. So what can we do? I'm going to sleep. Wake me up. Tell me when it's time. Uh, you know, I want a little contribution or whatever, you know. But the question is really directed by self to self. Self to self. What can I do? And the only way to answer that is with your own imagination. That's the problem. Because a whole lot of people say, imagine what? I'm not familiar with that uh, thing. Right? Uh, I don't think I have one of those. Uh, I know a guy that does, but, but I, I don't have one of those, you know. Maybe I did, you know, before they sent me to the psychiatrist, you know. But not now, not anymore. Right? Or somebody will say, well, I work, with, uh, I work with systems. Imagination? Uh, step one to... That's what I do. Imagination? 
But that's what's necessary to answer the question, what can I do? And everybody in this room, for himself, herself, could come up with a unique answer. But it's like a, a mining operation. How deep do you want to dig? Well, I thought about it for 30 seconds this morning, and you know, I came, what I came up with was, if we, if we manufacture a new color of nail polish, we might, that might be step one to changing the world. Uh, you know, uh, or a high-heeled shoe with a little bit of a better angle. You know, a couple of sparkles here and there. If I put some glitter on my eyebrows, maybe an alien will come down or see the reflection and say, these people are good, let's give them what they need. You know, that, was my, that was my reflection this morning on my own imagination, right? So it depends on how deep you want to dig, you see. But this is a very interesting process. What can we do? What can I do? Well, whatever that is, aside from community group, I mean, okay, all of that, whatever, cause, ideals, yeah, well, no. But aside from that, there's the, the real power is with the individual to answer that question. What can I do? And some people are going, yeah, well, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Let me get back to you on that. Because for a lot of people, they haven't engaged in that activity for a very long time, if ever. It's a whole new idea. You mean, dig deep and imagine what I could do, me, uniquely me, about the fact that the world is going to hell in a handbasket and there's a secret space program and there's people out there, you know, who want to use this for mind control and, you know, all kinds of other things and trillions of dollars are being funneled into it secretly. Yeah, what can you do about it? Well, nothing. Yeah, I understand that answer, you know. And if we were in like a cosmic therapy group, we could all just scream, nothing, nothing, nothing for an hour, you know. <laughs> what can we do? Nothing. What can we do? Come on, nothing, you know. And then what can we do? Nothing, uh, you know, until we, you know, got it out of our systems, you know. <laughs> and okay, I'm buying it, you know, you can do nothing. I, I believe you, you know. And I mean, I've met people like that, you know, come up to me afterwards, you know, and they're basically saying, nothing. And then they, they look at me like, did I really get it, you know? Like they're sort of, you know, saying, I have no responsibility for any of this and don't you dare try to pin this on me because we can do nothing about nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you begin to dig, you see, using your imagination, people come up with some very interesting things. And I don't know, couple hundred people here right now? Who knows what might happen? And then you get the people who say, well, I don't know what I would do myself, and I, I can't really imagine what that would be, but one thing I do know is that I wouldn't be able to imagine anything that would be of any value, if I could. <laughs> that much I know, you know. But it is, unfortunately, the answer. Imagination. You would think, oh, well, I was hoping it wouldn't be that. 
really. I was afraid you might say that. I was hoping it would be something more like uh, the right pair of stockings, possibly, or if I changed my hair a little bit, you know, things that were, are within my grasp. Uh, transferring money from one credit card to another, is that, uh, does that work? I don't know, you know. I was looking for something in that area, possibly, as the answer to everything, you know. On that level, but to say that, you know, you, you want to cut me loose as an individual to look deep within my soul and use my imagination to cook up some absolutely fantastic way of overturning the status quo. Me? Little old me? No. Yes, little old you, who's not so little. To look at it another way, the bad guys are already using their imagination. They've been doing that for a long time. And what they have created is this strange thing called reality. Who knew, right? That's what they do. In my book, The Secret Behind Secret Societies, I, I go into this at you know, excruciating and painful length. The bad guys have been painting the mural of reality for a long time. But they're not interested in looking at it themselves, unlike an actual painter. They just want to turn it the other way and show it to everybody else and say, this is reality, okay? This is it. And the last thing they want other people to then do is to say, well, who painted that? No, they want to make it so convincing that people are just going to say, yeah, okay, that's reality. <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like a reality. Uh, you know, I don't know what to compare it to. Maybe a ringing cell phone. Uh, <laughs> it is, it must be reality, and I will accept it because it's here, you see. This is the requirement for, you know, we're all intelligent people, so we all know, see, what's the definition of reality? What's here? Anything else? Uh-uh. What else could it be? Now, if you're a particularly perverse artist and you produce that painting, you're going, man, we got a winner here, baby. See this? See this guy? He comes up to us in the museum. Uh huh. Yeah, that's reality. In fact, in fact, this is very important. He doesn't just look at the painting. He walks into the friggin' painting. And he takes a left and a right, and he finds a little cottage, and he says, can I move in? Everybody says, sure. And he's there, and he stays there. That's how convinced. So somebody else, not just one person, of course, but the mural is being painted, right? has been for a long time. That's called imagination. Now, we can say, well, we just don't have what it takes to do a better, different mural. Well, we got to go with the one that we got. And what I'm saying is, that's all wrong, see. But it sort of depends upon you actually saying, actually, I have an imagination, and I'm going to imagine a different reality.
and some means of getting there. I'm going to do something big. All right? Imagination, creative power. This is what consciousness is about. And part of the so-called, you know, paranormal, that word, it really means imagination and creative power. So that imagination produces reality. I know for some people it's like, oh man, I can't deal with that, you know. I can't deal with that. Sorry. That's not going to cut it. You're listening to investigative reporter John Rappaport. Today's show, Use Your Imagination. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Now you get to the next level, which is creative consciousness. It's where people check out. I'm checking out of the hotel now, or he's talking about creative consciousness. I've got to go catch a plane. Because creative consciousness, you see, doesn't really respond to problems exactly. It goes beyond problems because creative consciousness, creative power, imagination create reality. So you're now concerned with creating some new reality. It doesn't have to be conceived of as a solution to a problem specifically. That could be where you start to contemplate it. Yeah, there's a serious problem. The world is being run by the wrong people. That's kind of a problem, I, I think. Right? That's the whole deal. That's what we're dealing with here. So the creative consciousness wants to create new reality. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to be an artist of some kind or another, if you use the term in the broadest sense, come on. No, I do not and never have wanted to be an artist. I have wanted to be a statue. (laughs) Yes. I have wanted to be the bust on a pedestal in a uh, library. I have wanted to be Brian Williams, to lie every night on television. (laughs) I've wanted to be Diane Sawyer. Diane is leaving ABC News. I had to take a ton of Prozac to even get here when I heard that. So you'll get people that say, no, I want to be Diane Sawyer. I want to be Brian Williams. You know, I don't, I've never wanted to be creative. I don't know what that is. Don't talk to me about it. It makes no sense. I'm not an artist. Never have been. I wouldn't know how to start. I've never had any talent. They always told me I had no talent whatsoever. Therefore, if you ask me to imagine what I would do to change reality or make a new reality that would take the secret space program and put it into a little bottle with a cork on it, of course I would have no way to do that because I've always wanted to be a statue. Maybe a super soldier with no feelings whatsoever and endurance. I can stay up for a week, kill people without any feeling whatsoever. That's a good one, yes. So all of society, you see, is organized against this. And it's not simply from above being organized. Yes, there is a, we are organizing it. 
So we have, you and I and all of it, we have this consensus reality going, you see. The last thing we are is artists. You got that? It's kind of like you come into this world and you get a book and there's only one page in it. No one is an artist. Got it? Got it. Don't talk about it. No, we don't create reality. That's impossible. We have no real imagination. We should never ask ourselves the question, what can I do now? And seriously start to imagine something grand and actually follow through on it. I mean, follow through on it, right? The bad guys, you know, we want a mechanical solution that will destroy the bad. Never going to happen. Because the bad guys are the epitome of the mechanical. That's what you've been seeing, all of this stuff, this dreck. You know, they want to put a ring of satellites around the planet and a perfect platform for mind control. I mean, it's reasonable to assume that people who have been doing you know, mind control since the dawn of time as the priest class, basically, and in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, and on and on, MKUltra, the CIA, that kind of trauma-based mind control would be going for something more high-tech now. In fact, I interviewed John Marks, who is the author of Search for the Manchurian Candidate, who started the whole MKUltra uh, expose, and he told me, basically, that he was applying Freedom of Information Act to the CIA over and over again. They were not giving him anything. And then finally, as a joke, they sent him 10 boxes of financial records, CIA records. And he said, so I looked at the records and I was able to figure out a lot of what was going on. And then I was able to find the people to interview and then I put the whole thing together. And they didn't like that. So then when I started applying again for more records, a guy at the CIA finally told me, Mark said, in 1962, MKUltra went ultra dark. It was transferred from the Directorate of Technology, whatever, to the Office of Research and Development, ORD. And since 1962, that's where it is. And Mr. Marks, you will never see another document from any of that. I promise you. Forget it. It's over. You had your day, you had your fun with your book. Nobody is ever going to see those documents again, that what we're doing now in mind control. Well, with an attitude like that, I mean, slightly uh, obstreperous, wouldn't you say? <laughs> and now with all the high-tech whatever, I mean, it's reasonable to infer that they look at space, of course, Pentagon types and so forth, we own it. It's ours. The soul wants new space. The people, uh, it's our space. We weaponize it. We do what we will with it. Let's put a ring of satellites around it, all connected, and let's see what we can do. Okay, so these are the people. Okay, now we say, well, some mechanical solution is going to stop that forever? No. It's not like, oh, we're going to build a system that destroys the system. Ah. Well, if you think so, go for it. Let's see how it works out. But what I'm saying is, even if that were your approach, we're talking about imagination here. 
What can you imagine? And the problem here is, is that most people say, I'm nobody when it comes to that. That is the problem. Furthermore, it has always been the problem, all throughout time, has always been the problem that individuals have said, I can't do it. That's not me. No, imagination. Not me. Maybe him. Talk to him. Talk to her. I don't know, but, you know, not me. I'm just trying to get by. I'm just trying to get by. That's always been the problem. Because the people that really want power say, good. We like you. You're cute. We got a thing for you called reality. Step into the theater. Here it is. You'll be entertained. You'll go up, you'll go down, you'll feel happy, you'll feel sad, you'll feel afraid, you'll feel paranoid, you'll feel glorious, you'll feel deflated, you'll feel satisfied, you'll feel happy, you'll feel disgusted, you'll feel pained, you'll feel all kinds of things, but it'll be exciting. You won't be bored even when you're bored. Because here's the thing. It's the reality theater. We made it for you. And we know you're just the kind of person who thinks that he doesn't really have the capacity to imagine it for himself. And so we've done it for you. People say, well, at least it's something. Right? It's not just sitting here. It's not just twiddling my thumbs. It's something, isn't it? Okay, let's go for it. Let's see what happens. That's always been the problem. So the answer to the question, what can we do, or what can I do, comes from you. Having asked that to yourself. Having then said, well, I have to imagine and create something else, which I can do. Because this whole theater that I walked into, I mean, somebody built that, didn't they? Didn't they? I mean, the Vatican, that's a theater. Didn't somebody build that? At the end of the Roman Empire, when everything was crumbling, didn't a few guys get together and say, you know, we've been doing this all wrong. It's not working out. The empire is too big. We can't get out there and conquer everybody and control the whole thing. You know, way out there in the boondocks, who knows what the hell's going on? We send people out, they don't come back, they change their names, all of a sudden, this guy, you know, his name was Schwartz, and now it's Ali Abdah. What the, what's going on, man? He's, he was the governor, and now he's worshiping some thing, we don't even know what it is. You know, the supply lines are too long. We screwed up. The whole thing is starting to implode and crumble on us. What can we do? We have to invent a new theater. Mind control. And everybody says, oh, baby, we like that one. Mind control. Yeah, we have to paint a picture of the universe, not just the world. People, you know, we got to give them their money's worth. We got guilt, we got original sin. <laughs> Love that stuff. We got the myths. 
We can pick and choose out of the Bible whatever we want. We can put it into different forms. In fact, we can say that all history terminates in the church. We can reinterpret the past. And we can say all these events that historians have said mean this, that, and the other thing are actually great moments in the history of the church, which they did. You can go to Arezzo in Italy in a little church there and see one of the great paintings in all of Western history, The Legend of the True Cross, Pier della Francesca. Much better before they restored it, but... And it's a whole episodic thing of what happened to the True Cross and so forth. And there's one panel, maybe the greatest of all, King Solomon receiving the Queen of Sheba. And then you say, what does this have to do with the Vatican or that religion? King Solomon receiving the Queen of Sheba? I mean, what is this, right? But then you discover that the church scholars have reinterpreted that a moment when King Solomon and Sheba met as, quote, the arrival Meaning, oh, and then they go, the arrival of the Savior. What? And they're rewriting history. Yes, look, King Solomon, Sheba, that's real, a symbolic event that actually, and metaphorically, you stretch it out, and it all gets back to the arrival of the Savior. So, in other words, if you study history within that scope, and you're not looking at real history anymore. It's all a metaphor that feeds into this final train station called the Vatican, where they reinterpret all of history. And these guys in Rome are saying, yeah, this is now getting somewhere, baby. We couldn't do it with conquering the world, just like America, you know, can't do it, or anybody. Not going to happen. But we can do it by conquering the mind. That's a real theatrical project. We could spend a hundred, a thousand centuries on that. Guys are looking down saying, we got it, baby. This is the kind of theater we want. Mind control. Control of consciousness. We'll put him into the mix master, give him his instructions, take his money, if he wants to pay his way into heaven, we can arrange that, probably, you know, whatever, right? It's great. Fabulous. So, when we're dealing with uh, stuff of this magnitude, you can't conceive of something that's going to defeat that and say at the same time, that the people who are going to rise up and defeat it have no imagination whatsoever. It doesn't compute. It doesn't work. But if people en masse began to say, oh, oh I see, you guys are artists, right? You're artists, and you've got your own museum and your own theater, and you're making reality because you think that's what I want. You think you can sell me your infomercial about the cosmos. I get it. No thanks. Not interested. Why? Ultimately, because I'm making up my own. Yeah. Come into my studio. 
You see what I'm painting here? Come into my office. You see what I'm building here? Come into my whatever, my, my pasture. You see what I'm creating here? Come into my world. You see what I'm making here? This is far more interesting to me than what you're making for everybody. I know what I'm saying is a tough sell. But see, I'm not selling you content. That's the difference. I'm selling you you. That's all I care about. If I can sell you you, then I'm happy. Let me give you this example. You're not material. Hate to break it to you. Neither am I. We're inhabiting these things, but we're not material. These things are material, but we're not. And we possess this capacity to understand each other. Yes, the physical vehicle has a part to play in the theatrical this and the that and the blah, 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 but that's it. The actual understanding is non-material. So if that's the case here, what we're really looking at is a, a room full of non-material beings inhabiting bodies who are basically uh, being confronted with the idea that they have extremely powerful imagination and creative power. That doesn't seem like a stretch to me anymore. Well, hey, if I'm not really made out of matter, some pretty wild things are going on here. Yeah. So what it comes down to is, it's this kind of thing. This is sort of like theater, you see. It's like all of us sign up to be in a play. And so they open a huge closet, and there's all these clothes, costumes hanging there, and little descriptions. And we're looking around, okay, this is going to be about 80 or 90 years, so I want to get the one I want. Okay, here's a real schmuck. I think I'll take that one. Right? He doesn't know anything. He's going along with everything. Yeah, that's going to be the least amount of effort, so I want to go for that one. And that's what we all do, right? Yeah, look at her. She's really whew, horrendous. Yeah, I'll take that one. You know, and we all take the, these. You know, we put them on at the beginning. You see. Okay, now what do we have? Man, we got a total mess. It's going to be conflict, pettiness, more pettiness, and then even more pettiness, and then a lot of complaining and whining and excuses, and you know. From, from here to the, you know, sea to shining sea. Because these are the roles that we chose. And then some of us grow up and we say, man, I don't know why. I, hey, get, you know, you got any, like, cleaner? It's sticking to me. I want to get rid of it. Right? But a lot of us just kind of go, Play the hand that was dealt to me. You know? No, no, no. You dealt the cards to yourself. I want that jacket, yeah. You know, the, with the twinkles and the stars and the 
crazy hat and the goofy grin and the big shoes. Yeah, that's what I want because he doesn't know anything, doesn't want to know anything. And then we wake up halfway, okay, halfway. And we say, my God, we're inside a play about a conspiracy. We're living in a theater in which everything is basically controlled and is a conspiracy. This is the theater that we're in. I didn't know I was in that play. I was an actor in that play. Holy crap, look at this and look at this and that, that deal and, and this. And uh, we're halfway awake, right? Man, I didn't want to be, uh, but we're still wearing the same costume, right? So how do you feel? Well, as we're sitting here right now, maybe we're okay, whatever. But there's a lot of sort of isolation. You know, people come to me, I can't talk to anybody. I start to tell them about this and that, and they look at me and they say, you're exactly the kind of failure we knew you would turn out to be. <laughs> right? You're a problem. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of isolated, you know, I don't know who to talk to, right? I can't talk to anybody. That's halfway house. We're in the halfway house, right? We think he's kicked the addiction, but we're going to have to watch him to see <laughs> what happens now. He's in the halfway house. Right. He could slide back. He is watching the news again. We're not sure, you know. Every night at 6 o'clock, you can see him kind of, uh, and he goes up to his room. Hi, Brian. Give it to me, baby. Give me no context, no background, connect no dots, the lies, straight out lies. No follow-up questions. Give it to me, baby. And the ads. I'll take the ads, too. You know. We think he's sliding back. Not sure. We're all in the halfway house. We came out of the really stupid part of the play. You know. Okay, we see the facts. A lot of these facts here. Yeah. Conspiracy upon conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, we see that. We see it. We see it. We got it. Yeah. And now... I'm feeling isolated. I don't like that, right? Okay, so what I'm saying is, yeah, if you go to imagination and creative power, the isolation will go away. If you don't, it won't. Sorry. Ding, 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 ding. Because if you now know what reality it is that you truly want to create, or realities, and nothing will stop you from doing it, and it's big, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, zappity do, baby, I'm alive now. Ready to go. All jets on. I've got power. I've got creative force. I've got imagination, and this is it. Big time. Major league of the major leagues for me, uniquely. That's my answer to what can I do? And you know what it is.
is, and you desire it, and you want it, and you feel like you should do it as well, and it's all that piled in there, and now you're going for that. Now they let you out of the halfway house. Go, baby. You're done. You're done. And now there's no more isolation. It's gone. There's no more, I know what's happening, and I wish I didn't. You know? Why did I ever get into this crap? <laughs> it makes me feel worse than before. You know, all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. It's supposed to hurt. <laughs> right? That's the good kind of hurt. You mean they are, you know, I remember 30 years ago spreading out the pharmaceutical drugs I was investigating, the toxicity from one to the other, just worse and worse and worse and worse, and I just called up this guy that I know, this researcher, and I said, I can't believe it. I mean, this just goes wall to wall. I mean, this is chemical warfare. It's not medicine. It's not even remotely connected to medicine. It's just, you know, chemical warfare. He said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's the halfway house, or getting to the halfway house. So the rest is out the door, creative power, imagination. Up to you, up to all of us. Yes, together, groups, community, yeah, all of yeah, the whole thing, fine. But I'm just saying, but there's this other thing. If you don't do it, the, on the individual level, if you say, well, I'm not an individual, there are no individuals. Thank God for that, because then I'd have to actually do something, and I'm just part of the magnificent glob. Because <laughs> that's what we're all shooting for, is to become one with the glob. <laughs> and I can see the glob in my dreams every night, and I'm going to be no longer me ever again. I will just be of globness in the land of the melted glob. <gasps> Because that is the metaphysical goal of all of us, is to be globulated. <laughs> then we will know whatever there is to know. And we won't know whatever there is not to know. And we'll be fully realized as for, <laughs> as for. <laughs> what does it mean? We don't know. But it is of the glob. My friends, this is where we are all going, you see. My name is Barack Obama. We're all in this together. My name is George Bush. This is a holy crusade. My name is Bill Clinton. I feel your pain, you know. It's called jive. Jive, baby. It's called the collective jive to globulate us all. There is no me, there is no individual, there never was, there is only, you know, the melted cheese sandwich in the sky. And I will be part of that. And all will be realized in the fullness of time. Therefore, I don't have to have any creative power or imagination, I don't have to ask myself, what am I gonna do about it? All I have to do is to find the sandwich and sneak in between the pieces of toast. And that's the church I belong to, and that's what they're showing me now. And they'll let me know when I qualify for the final slither. 
Even if it's craft singles, man, I'm there, baby. If that's what the glob wants, that's what I'm eating. Maybe it'll be French, who knows, whatever. I'll take it, because then I will be eradicated, finally. And then everything will be disclosed. Really? Hmm. Doesn't sound right, does it? I will be eradicated and then everything will be disclosed. Hmm. No. I think what happens after everything will be revealed, you see, some indeterminate blank period then ensues. Something like, I don't know, death. And then you become conscious again and you say, what was that all about, man? (laughs) Oh yeah, I was globulated. Man, I keep making that mistake every time I come down here to this joint. I get into the friggin' cheese sandwich again. Can I learn that the cheese sandwich does not have the ultimate solution? I don't seem to be able to, you know. This time it's going to be different. No more globulating. And the guy turns on the TV. Hi, everybody. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and my name is Dr. Hermann Glob. Dr. Hermann Glob, I'm here to globulate you. He said, gee, man, it's only $29.95, you know. Get out. No. There's you. There's me. There's you, all of the yous and so forth. Every you is non-material, eternal, tough if you don't like it, too bad, you can't do anything about it, you're inhabiting a body, you've got tremendous creative power and imagination, and you can answer the question, what do I do about it, if you take enough time and you dig deeply enough, and then your life is totally transformed, you're out of the halfway house, and you're no longer isolated. Thank you very much. You've been listening to John Rappaport. Today's show has been Use Your Imagination, an edited version of a 90-minute presentation at the Secret Space Program and Breakaway Civilization 2014 conference in San Mateo, California. Mind Control, the Secret Space Program, and the Secret Theater of Reality. John Rappaport has worked as a freelance investigative reporter for over 30 years. He is the author of three explosive collections, The Matrix Revealed, Exit from the Matrix, and Power Outside the Matrix. Visit his website at www.nomorefakenews.com. That's nomorefakenews.com. Guns and Butter is produced by Bonnie Faulkner and Yara Mako. To leave comments or order copies of shows, email us at faulkner at gunsandbutter.org. That's F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R at G-U-N-S-A-N-D-B-U-T-T-E-R dot O-R-G. Visit our website at gunsandbutter.org. Hey, yo, these are some serious times that we live in, G. And our new world order is about to begin. You know what I'm saying? Now the question is, are you ready for the real revolution, which is the evolution of the mind? If you seek, then you shall find that we all come from the divine. You dig what I'm saying? Now, if you take heed to the words of wisdom that are written on the walls of life, then universally we will stand and divided we will fall because love conquers all. You understand what I'm saying? This is a call for all you sleeping souls. Wake up and take control of your own cipher and be on the lookout.
trying to steal your life. You know what I'm saying? Look what this side yourself. 